Who's on second? Who's on first? What base do you want to talk about? I'm going to get in a lot of trouble here. You play to win the game. We're in here talking about practice. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Come after me! They're comedians, they're sports fans, and all-around degenerates. It's the Who's On First podcast with your hosts, Matt Marin and Anthony Passaretti. I'm a man! I'm 40! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Who's On First podcast. I am Matt Marin here with Anthony Passaretti. Yep, that's right. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we're continuing our... Uh, Sportscasters bracket. It's a, it's past March at this point, but we're we're late to March Madness, I guess. Yeah, the the spirit is alive though. <laughs> the, the spirit of competition in March. Yeah, it's technically, all still there. We, this is the only March Madness bracket that's happening this year. So yeah, yeah. If you're not into the draft, you got us in this bracket. That's what you got for yeah. sports. <laughs> so we've uh, we've gotten through. Um, all of our honorable mentions, people who didn't make our bracket, and we've gotten to the first round of all four of our regions. We're going to narrow it down to a final four by the end of this episode. Are you ready, Anthony? I'm ready. Who's our right. Who's our uh, first matchup that we're heading into today? So we're going to go to the cool region. Um, we've already advanced. At this point, we have a second round matchup. It's a one seed versus a nine seed. John Madden versus Tony Romo. Hmm. Both football Different eras of football. That's an itch. I mean, I feel like I know where I'm leaning on this one just because of legacy. It's not called Tony yes. Romo, the video game. Yes, That's what I'm going to come back to the whole time, which is such a shit argument because no one else has the video game. Like, the, every round I'm going to be like, he has got the game. John Madden <laughs> is such a, like, cultural icon in addition to he's called Monday Night Football. And as far as sportscasters go, it's mainly him as an announcer we're talking about. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, – Frank Caliendo is a comedian whose career has been made by doing an impression of Frank Caliendo, uh, of uh, John Madden. Uh, of, yeah, uh, and he, yeah, he got an entire job picking football games because he's such a good John Madden impersonator. Like, that's – that carries a lot of weight, yeah. I feel like. Um, Tony Romo, I think, is um, probably – of anyone we have on our entire bracket, the one with the least broadcasting experience. But he's Absolutely. been so, so good to the point – like uh, he's gotten – like on social media, everybody – Romo was very disliked as a player like well, by yeah, social media yeah, that, and Reddit. And now mm-hmm. he's like everyone's favorite because of one, maybe two years of announcing. Yeah, I absolutely. I was just looking into his resume a little to see if I could build him a broadcaster resume to compete with Madden even a little bit. He does have a couple things. In February of this year, he signed a deal with CBS for seventeen million a year, which would make him the highest paid NFL analyst ever. Yes, he uh, he's potentially on his way in twenty thirty years down the road. I think he's higher than a nine seed for sure. I mean, we'll, you know, you never know what's well, going to happen. With these but... numbers, it's a, his other thing under there is the New Yorker called him a genius of football commentary, and he's received praise from Dick Vitale and Bob Costas. Yeah, he's absolutely uh, as good of a start to a commentary career as there may have ever been in sports. Um but I don't think he knocks out John Madden. No, he's he faced a Titan early. It's just a shit matchup for him. He's a lot of respect. For, but also, I don't know how you feel as a Cowboys fan. He, to me, feels like two completely different people. 
the player and the broadcaster because I don't even have any kind of animosity. It's like you used to be on the rival team and we would always see them in the playoffs. Like I don't have that. Like I feel like if David Ortiz, like David Ortiz is a broadcaster now and I can't not think of the Red Sox, but I don't necessarily think like, oh, the Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants rivalries when I see him. And I think that's a credit to him. Like he's yeah, he's good at being objective. I agree. So props to Romo, but John Madden advances. Up next, we have a five seed versus a four seed. It's Linda Cohn versus Rachel Nichols. Ooh, is this our first uh, double female matchup? Yeah, I believe so. This is our first woman versus woman matchup. Linda Cohn, anchor on SportsCenter, host of In the Crease on ESPN+. Rachel Nichols, longtime reporter, SportsCenter anchor, host of NBA's The Jump. Uh, huh. This is a close one. Uh, right, so I'm leading... Let- I'm leaning towards Rachel Nichols for – it seems like she's done uh, – it seems like a little bit more of a variety. Linda Cohn has just started hosting In the Crease recently. Nichols mm-hmm. I've seen as a reporter, as an anchor, as opinion, as host. Uh, I mean what the job she does on the jump to be able to handle some of the personalities she has on that show. Uh, yeah. I, I, Rachel Nichols is one of my favorite sportscasters Overall, hmm. and I think uh, she doesn't get the credit she deserves in being talked about as one of the best of this generation. Um, yeah. I lean Rachel Nichols on this. Well, here's I have a couple thoughts on this now. Just for all the uh, – if anybody out there like me is like somehow really nerdy about sports and movies at the same time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Nichols is the daughter-in-law of Mike Nichols who made The Graduate, one of the best movies of all time. With Dustin Hoffman, so there's there's that. So um, that's cool. Also, their professional things. Linda Cohn is in the National Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, mm. which is an interesting thing to get. She's also now, now I'm definitely voting against her, <laughs> against your own people. <laughs> but, we, are, uh, we are we are a self hating group. Rachel Nichols has been named Esquire's Women We Love. She's been in the Hollywood Reporter's 10 Most Powerful Voices in Sports Media. She's also been named to the Twitter 100 in multiple years and Sports Illustrated's top uh, sports personalities of all time. She's got quite the resume, Rachel Nichols. Of all time? Uh, It seems like... I'd have to do a little more Googling to what MMQB 100 means, but she got named to it by Sports Illustrated. Okay, I could see her even – there's probably been a year where she may have been the number one sports personality of the year. I don't know if I it, would say of all time. Uh, potentially the number one female sports personality of all time. I wouldn't necessarily say that is uh, out of uh, like too uh, much of a hyperbole. Yeah, it seems like 2013 and 2014 she was raking in every award she could have been getting. Yeah, and uh, to me she's all over the place now, and that was six, seven years ago. Yep, I'm, I'm into it. All right, so we have Rachel Nichols advancing past Linda Cohn. Um, up next, we have, it's still in the cool region, a three seed versus an 11 seed. It's Charles Barkley versus Shannon Sharp. <laughs> this is an interesting one because I would love to just, like, hear their podcast. <laughs> like, I want to hear yeah. those two dudes swap some stories. Um, this is another one where, like, Shannon Sharp might have been able to Cinderella his way if he didn't run into a Titan like this. Yeah. I think Shannon Sharp is similar. He's kind of uh, the opinion sports world version of Tony Romo is to sports casting, where he's had about as good of a start as you could possibly have, but it is still just a start, and Charles Barkley is just a Titan. 
Yeah, most. Uh, yeah, I think Barkley. It's 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 really. I mean, Barkley got to kind of host Saturday Night Live this week. <laughs> so like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So we got Barkley moving on. Up next, we have it's a ten seed versus a two seed. Michael Wilbon versus Stuart Scott. Huh. This is another interesting one. They do similar things. Yes. Um. Uh, I wouldn't say so. Michael Wilbon. I haven't seen. Um, anchor a sports center he's done more of an opinion show and Stuart mm. scott i think uh some of it is just you know will bond has uh, been was a reporter for years and now he's the host of pti um i would say sports center is more in people's minds than pti uh Stuart scott's voice i think is iconic with so many sports things just hearing booyah you think Stuart scott um, <laughs> sorry i had to tell david to stop making my uh my texting thing buzz. <laughs> it's going to show up in my <laughs> things. I was like, stop texting me until this is over. No girls allowed in the Who's On First podcast. <laughs> Except Veronica so far. And Laura, maybe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Laura's in there. <laughs> um, yeah, not this time. So, Sorry. Just go back like 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. So I would say Stewart's. I go Stewart Scott over Michael Wilbon because uh, it's basically Sports Center versus PTI. And Sports Center is more of a. Uh, Sports Center is like, iconic. Yeah, uh, PTI and, is iconic also, but Stuart Scott, I think his voice and calls he's made stand out in most people's minds more than Michael Wilbon. Mm-hmm. And then, like Sports Center, though, like yeah, PTI is iconic. How many people have watched the same episode of PTI three times in a day? Because I feel like anyone who likes sports has had that experience with Sports Center. Like yeah. in college, like we it would just be on. Like no one was really even watching it. It was just sort of like the the agreeable thing to have on the TV while people did other shit. So like, I I think the the guys who built Sports Center when it was good. I don't. When do you when do you think Sports Center fell off? Because it definitely did. When it fell off, um, hmm, I would say probably early two thousand tens or so. Yeah, I I agree. I it, I think it started to become when it became the LeBron James show. For yeah, a while. Yeah, the- what, yeah, around the t- 2010 was the decision, and it was around that time I kind of started feeling like, what I'm just watching the basketball and football network. Yeah, it was just like, oh, every time LeBron talks, we're going to do a whole hour on it. And I started seeking yeah. out like the MLB network or some other more specialized ways to get the highlights. Yeah. But, and, okay. Um, yes, and it was around that time also I remember a highlight of a Giants game. I forgot who they were playing. But it was like two teams that were, I think, fairly good. That was the year the Giants were in the World Series that year. Mm -hmm. And uh, the highlight was just, hey, look at how funny it is when Benji Molina's fat and can't run. (laughs) And that was like a (laughs) 15-second highlight, and then you saw the final score, and then it was like, all right, now let's talk about LeBron. Yeah, it's it got bad. I mean, it's like for a couple years, I think they just stopped talking about hockey altogether. Yeah. Um, well, fortunately, I believe Stuart Scott, uh, I mean, tragically, he passed away. But fortunately for his legacy, he was out before SportsCenter fell off. Yeah, and uh, Michael Wilbon, I'm, he, I'm the same thing. Anytime there's, like, this big despair, I'm trying to, like, build him any kind of case, and he, he just doesn't have it to fight Stuart Scott. Even his, like, medical thing, he had to go to the hospital once for being a type 2 diabetic. Like, Stuart Scott got him beat even in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuart Scott had an entire, like, uh, 
ESPN gathering SP. Like, Stuart Scott's the kind of guy in sportscasting there'll be an award named after. Yeah, like how they play that speech from uh, Jimmy V every single year at the ESPYs. Like, his will be remembered like that. Yeah. So we got Stuart Scott advancing. We're now into the Sweet 16. And in the cool region, we've got John Madden versus Rachel Nichols. Uh, one seed Ugh. versus four seed. Um, I, I'm i leaning towards going with the upset here. John Madden is iconic and has the video game, but especially after hearing those uh, accolades you were listing off for Rachel Nichols, I think she's done more as a sportscaster than John Madden. And what it, what, it, what this one really comes down to, she's way hotter than John Madden. <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, da- how dare you... Uh, call John Madden unattractive. John, I think John, John Madden, Madden. No, John is a smoke show. He just doesn't compete with Rachel. Yeah, that John Madden is a sexy beast. But that is... <laughs> that just shows how sexy Rachel Nichols is. That between the two of them, she's the one we say is the more attractive one. Yeah. No, these, I mean, that is not uh, a real fact. I Like, as we were talking about her, like... Last week, I became, like, a fan more than I was, and the more we talk about her, the more it's like, wow, like, she's the exact opposite. I think, like, she's using her four seed to, like, really power through in the right way. Like, she's got a yeah. chance here to make some final yeah. four. Taking out Madden was a big one. There is one more Titan in this side, in this region that she'd have to take down. Yes. This is a tough one for me. Charles Barkley and Stuart Scott. Yes, and this is where it's going to start to get tough because, you know... They do – these two guys couldn't be more different. Stewart was, like, very put together and very factual, serious. Barkley is, like, the comic relief, but he's the best one at it, so – Yes. Uh, I will say Stuart Scott was able to add things comedically into his serious role. Stuart mm-hmm. Scott was extremely entertaining and could play the straight man. I think I lean towards him just because Charles Barkley couldn't just be the straight guy – alone Mm, i agree and also i think it has a lot to do with like what we're doing and what even this region is called because like rachel nichols in a vacuum is cooler than john matt like in a room like people are gonna gravitate towards her in a vacuum more than him and barkley if we were doing this solely based on like who's who do you want to get like a drink with I think he kind of knocks Stuart Scott out of the water. But in terms of just being good at this job specifically, yeah, he he loses it just because that's the main category, I think. Yeah. And it's, I mean, at this point, as we're getting further along, it's just, it's kind of almost nitpicking because these are all – everyone who's in the bracket is a great broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Stuart Scott, I feel like his voice is basically like the narration on so many of people's sports memories that uh, – I think uh, we agree Stuart Scott goes on. Yeah, shout out to – again, Barkley is a very, very, very funny person in a lot of different ways. His golf swing alone is just utterly hilarious. Yes. Uh, But, you know, it's Now we have uh, in our Elite Eight matchup in the Clue region, winner goes to the Final Four, Rachel Nichols versus Stuart Scott. This is a hard one. A four seed versus a two seed. It's tough. This is a hard one. The hardest part about it is um, her resume is she she's still building it. He's yeah. dead. So, like, there is that kind of – because yeah. once you get – as I'm reading through their resumes, like, you know, January 4th, 2015, Scott's resume ends. 
And the rest yeah. of it is all tributes from other people. And he has the list of people who came out to tribute him. Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, Carmelo, Jason Collins, Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Johnson, Dwayne Wade, LeBron, Michael Jordan, Bruce Bowen, Dennis Rodman, James Worthy. And then it just says, and others. Like, there was, like, every name you could think of plus okay. more. Okay, ha- somebody has to explain to me how the hell Bruce Bowen didn't get included in and others. Um, how, did, how did Bruce Bowen get listed with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant? I, I'm surprised that's not the one you stopped at because I also said Jason Collins. <laughs> well, we know, well, we know Jason Collins is in there because he came out as gay. Yeah, but yeah, I thought he was in there because he was the only player to have more fouls than minutes played in so many different yes. games. Well, Jason but, uh, Collins will go down forever in history as being the first openly gay NBA player. So he's uh, he's definitely a worthwhile, a worthwhile, notable person. Bruce Bowen is a very good defensive player who was maybe the fifth best on a champion, several championship teams. Um, yeah, it's, if you go to his Wikipedia, it says off the court, Bowen became an informal ambassador for child obesity awareness, which to me is just like he ran around making fun of fat kids. <laughs> I host comedy fight club, which makes, uh, and I call people fat and stupid and meant I'm actually, because of all of the, uh, offensive jokes I made a comedy fight, I'm actually an informal ambassador to the special Olympics because of how many people I've called retarded. <laughs> yeah. You've made people very aware of what's, yes. of what's going on. That's so funny. Yes. All right. But back to the task at hand. Um, I think, um, I may just be being a fanboy for Rachel Nichols, but she's done more overall outside. Like, Stuart Scott was mainly an anchor, and granted, maybe the best ever, but Rachel Nichols has been amazing at several different positions in sports. Yeah. Um, she also uh, took kind of a big risk with the NFL that one time. It's in her page, too, but she was pretty vocal about Ray Rice not being. Like, like after that video came out, like she was really getting on Goodell's case. Like you, you got to do something about that, yeah. which couldn't be an easy thing for her to do, especially at that time. We're talking like right as she's getting all these like big accolades and new contracts. She's like took the risk to be so like to, she she's got like integrity too. Yeah. So do her. we agree? Yeah. First entering into the final four out of the cool region. Rachel Our number Nichols. four seed making it into the final four Rachel Nichols I love it it's just like uh just like the real tournament you never know who's getting there at the beginning yeah let's move over to our our loud region we're in the round of 32 still uh the first matchup is a one seed versus a nine seed Stephen A. Smith versus Michelle Beadle yeah this one doesn't feel as difficult to me I mean, it is difficult in determining which one is hotter, once again. <laughs> we should just do the bracket twice, just only about who's hottest next. <laughs> yeah, we'll do one where we just go based on attractiveness, and then uh, Dan Lebitard wins the whole thing. Oh, yeah, well, Dan Lebitard, soon-to-be unemployed Dan Lebitard. Apparently, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So uh, Stephen A. Smith, Michelle Beadle. Michelle Beadle has been a longtime favorite of mine, um, but Stephen A. Smith has pioneered a genre of sports broadcasting. 
Yeah, no, nobody's going out on the update desk dressed as Michelle Beadle. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's... Stephen A is, like, he's kind of transcended. He's a meme in many cases. Like, his clips yeah. get posted. Like, anything that happens on Twitter with thousands of tweets, you'll see his face in there somewhere for a reaction gif or something. He's a, he's a force, whether you like him or not, and most people don't somehow. I feel like most of the time when I talk to people, they're like, he's annoying. But he's the most famous guy, so he must be the perfect kind of annoying. Yeah, I, don't know. I think so. I think he if, is legitimately – when people look back on uh, sports broadcasting or sports – people who talked about sports but didn't play it for this like 10, 15-year period, Stephen A is the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, it, he's absolutely the first person that I thought of when we were – putting this together as to like who these people are it's like him and barkley were sort of the first two that came to my head yeah i think the way people look back uh older people than us look back on like howard cosell like the guys who were the sports personality i think Stephen a is that of this generation yeah i'd I'd agree with that i think he's gonna be somebody that that comes back so Stephen a strong sweet 16 um oh how about this uh, five i'll save it when he comes back What's that? No, sorry. Keep going. I'll save it for when he comes back. Five seed versus a 13 seed. It's Chris Berman versus Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan upset Skip Bayless in round one. I forgot forgot we did that. Oh, that's so funny. Eat your heart out, Skip Bayless fans. I could give a shit if you're angry. Now it's Joe Rogan versus Chris Berman. Only one of them was ever on news radio with Phil Hartman. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but is that this enough is, to, is that enough to get him past the legendary the the swami chris berman you no know, i don't think it is but i think this is actually a very interesting matchup of of people like they're both loud guys i associate them with specific sporting events like their voice is the soundtrack of specific sporting events ufc for rogan home run derby and the like highlights of football of the week before Monday night football for him. Yeah. So I I know where I'm leaning on this. I just I do want to give Joe Rogan a shout out. It's being a force in so many different mediums. Stand up, yeah. co- like broadcasting comedy, broadcasting sports, being an actual expert in UFC. Like that's he's very jack of all trades, but I think uh just again based on what we're doing here, he doesn't quite edge out Berman. Yeah, and I would love to hear Chris Berman commentating UFC with some of the uh, some of his uh, stylings and the way he. Co- Imagine watching a UFC fight and someone misses a punch. You hear Chris Berman go, "Whoop!" <laughs> <laughs> he uh, just to give him a shout out in other media. Chris Berman has appeared in a couple Adam Sandler comedies. Uh, he had a small part in The Water Boy. He was in The Longest Yard for a few seconds and Grown Ups too. Yeah, um, and he was also in a music video for Hootie and the Blowfish once. I don't really? know if I mentioned okay. that last week. Um, it's Hootie <laughs> and the Blowfish versus News Radio in this matchup. Yeah, nineteen ninety five. If you're a fan of that year, you're loving what's happening right now. <laughs> but we got Chris Berman advancing to the Sweet Sixteen. Up next, a fourteen seed versus a six seed. Michael K versus Mad Dog Chris Russo. Michael K upset Mike Francesa in round one. And uh, Mad Dog Russo advanced past Dan Lebetard. It's Mad Dog versus Michael K. Chris Russo. 
Hmm. I don't. I for somebody who's so famous, I know very little about anything that he's done besides Mike and the Mad Dog. But that already right there is such a resume piece. Yeah, he was. Uh, he did um, a show on uh, Sirius XM that was just his own sports talk show, and now he's on High Heat on MLB Network, which is a great show. Um, but he doesn't. It's not as uh, popular as past things that he's done. Um, Michael K. I think um, I'm leaning towards having a. 14 seed in our Sweet 16, Michael K making it because it's a, he kind of flies under the radar, but he does everything, and everything he does, he does well. Yes, I like him because he started with the Nets, <laughs> which yes. is really, which is uh, very few. You know, the Nets get shit on so hard. Uh, you, you know when I really finally conceded that the Nets are just a fucking joke franchise? During quarantine, the Yes Network has been playing like, regular season Yankee games from, like, 2007. There's not one net classic in their whole fucking... Not one. Jason Kidd's last game as a net when Vince Carter scored 50. Nothing? That's how I knew we were... That's how... Like, it's not even like we're competing with the Knicks on the Yes Network. Like, they have MSG. Not one Nick Nets classic, and it was... That's when I've conceded. But uh, (laughs) Michael K... Michael K has been – it's impressive to me that he's the middle – I think I said this last week too. He's the middle guy with such a huge rotating cast around him. Yeah. Not to mention his radio show and center stage. And, uh, yeah, he's um, – almost everything you can do in sports casting. he's done. Mm. Yes, and uh, he was so iconic to Yes and the Yankee Network that when ESPN was broadcasting the final game at Yankee Stadium, they brought him into the booth for the last three innings. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement here. Michael K moves on past Mad Dog Russo. Yeah, just because his resume is very one-pointed. Yeah. All right, so Michael K is in the Sweet 16. Up next, a seven-seed versus a two-seed. Dick Vitale versus Don Cherry. Uh, probably the um, the worst cab to be in the back of if you're sitting in between these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're going to get so much, like, spittle on either side of your face as they're, like, yelling at you. That's – I didn't even think about that. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, um, what do you think? Don Cherry uh, has not one but two Canadian Broadcasting Channel original movies about him. Keep Your Head Up, yes. Kid, The Don Cherry Story, and The Wrath of Grapes, The Don Cherry Story Part 2. Yeah, his nickname is Grapes. I never knew that they t- – so I never – that's a pretty funny name for The Wrath of Grapes. <laughs> The sequel. That's uh, he's yeah. It's funny. He's also got controversy right in the top of his page, right uh, over here. Of course, here he does. Yeah, yeah. It's not even before that. the The first controversy they talk about is how um, he didn't he didn't like that they supported the invasion of Iraq in two thousand three. The Canadian government. He's like way out of his element there. I don't. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm out of my element now. I fucking. Just... I mean, Don Cherry very often. <laughs> Would just, uh, hockey night in Canada, they'd talk about hockey for a minute, then he'd be like, also, could we talk about what's going on in the world here? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, uh yeah. we, we talked about it la- uh, previously, about him being literally the number eight most important Canadian ahead of the guy who invented the telephone, according to Canadian voters. Yeah, which is pretty, pretty impressive. Dick Vitale is one of just, like, the most fun people on TV, though. Like, he looks like he loves his job more than most people. Like, there's just this look on his face when he's working that's like, this rules. Like, I get to do all this cool shit. 
Oh, did you yeah. know that he was the namesake of the Sega Genesis basketball game, Dick Vitale's Awesome Baby College Hoops for the I Sega not, Genesis? I did not know there was a game named after him. 1994 Sega Genesis, the college basketball game, was only released in the U.S. and Australia. And he mm. also was the main commentator for the college basketball game until EA lost their contract in 2010. Yeah, I think uh, this comes down to Dick Vitale is the icon of a sport and Don Cherry is the icon of a country. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. This is hard because I might be leaning Vitale. He's also the spokesman for DiGiorno Pizzas right now. I love DiGiorno I mean, Pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this so one... you, I mean, okay. Mm. Um, objectively, it is Don Cherry, but because Sega Genesis and DiGiorno Pizza are so important to you personally, no. you're leaning Dick Vitale. <laughs> Not necessarily. He's a... Uh... He's got so many – Dick Vitale's got so many fun ones. I like him as a thing. He's in the Little League Museum Hall of Excellence for his contributions to the Little League World Series. He's also in the New Jersey Hall of Fame as being Seton Hall's most prominent alumni in sports. Uh, yeah, I get – you know, it's, it's funny. I guess I have some Jersey bias because, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, Canada. And then Jersey. <laughs> it's like he's in Jersey's <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I've, I, may, I voiced my piece. I don't, yeah. Know, either one of them going on, I'm all right with. I you know. you're up. I think it's. Um, I think Don Cherry is. Um, for anyone growing up in Canada, and anybody who's a hockey fan in any way, it's. Um, it's. I do think Dick Vitale deserves a shout out because I think some people just remember him, think of him as the loud guy who talks about college basketball on ESPN every once in a while, and he is more mm. than that. The Little League World Series thing you mentioned, I didn't know about. Um, I think as far as sports casting goes, Don Cherry is a titan as well. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, yeah. What what region is this again? <laughs> this is the loud region. Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so we've got Don Cherry moving on. Uh, we go to our Sweet 16 in the Loud region. First matchup is Stephen A. Smith versus Chris Berman. Hmm. Hmm. Icons. Yeah. Loud icons. It, it, they almost are two, like, two sides of the same coin to me because, like, every time Berman gets really hyped up, I feel like it's, like, like positive he's like oh yeah that's awesome and crazy and like every time steven's hyped up it's just like you're a disgrace to the national basketball league it's like or whatever it's called the nba is not the league whatever (laughs) (laughs) but you know what i mean though you know what i'm trying to say though right like they have two different kinds of hype yes um and i think they're both two sides of the same coin because chris berman kind of helped uh develop what the sports center anchor was going to be as a cultural institution. Stephen A. Smith developed what the sports opinion commentator as an institution was going to be. Mm-hmm. Did you know Berman's Ivy League educated? He has a degree from Brown. I did. Oh, yes, I did know that. Yeah. Huh. Good for him. Yeah, and Stephen A., I believe, is um, – I think – was he at uh, Columbia? No, he went to Winston-Salem. And yes, then did he, he was, go somewhere he- after? Uh, no, I think he was, it was all Winston-Salem for him. Okay, and then he got right into reporting. Um, that's the, yeah, Stephen A was, um, he also hosted his own TV show on ESPN. Uh, remember Quite Frankly? You ever see that show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, just learning about him now, I didn't know this. He, he started his career in 1994 as basically just a columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer talking about the Sixers and built this, which is very impressive to me, whether or not I, I care for his 
particular brand of talking. And I disagree yeah. with a lot of his like opinions, but it's really hard to argue somebody who built so much of that from nothing. He's, yeah, I think really... some of this may come down to um, our bias because of when we grew up, because Chris Berman was one of the anchors on the very first sports centers in the late 70s. So the people who grew up with sports uh, in the 80s and early 90s even, uh, and then to today, you're like, Chris Berman is far and away better. But for us, we've seen Chris Berman all of our lives, but we've seen the Stephen A. development happen. And right now, I think Stephen A. is bigger than Chris Berman ever was. And that's not necessarily Chris Berman's fault. It's kind of because mm-hmm. of what social media and everything is now. So, yeah, and, and we're talking about somebody with like a 50-year career versus someone in the 26th year of their career. So it's like neither scrubs. So like, you know, right. He only seems newer because of the time gap. But 26th year of his career is no, no joke either. So. Yeah, I just mean as far as um, for us making a judgment, I think Stephen A is more prevalent in our lives than Chris Berman is. Oh, absolutely. I mostly know Chris Berman for making incorrect football picks as Swami. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I think I'm leaning towards Stephen A here, but these are, you know, if we yeah. get tweets or emails arguing, it's going to be hard to argue back and say one way or another. I think uh, I lean towards Stephen A. I think he may be the most famous sports personality ever. Yeah, if if not working right now, for sure. Yeah. Because right, so Berman took like a little bit of a – when his wife died in 2017, he kind of stepped back from the spotlight a little bit. Yeah. He's been working a little less being with family. Yeah, lazy prick. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> Everybody that goes down now, though, is a titan. Like, we're yes. not eliminating anybody that sucks now. Yeah. Except, so, oh, wait, no, I take that back. There's someone in this bracket still that I think sucks balls, but we'll yeah. get to him later. So, <laughs> he said next something up, today. Our I can't wait. Of, our Cinderella of this bracket, Michael K versus Don Cherry. Um, yeah, this one is so tough for me because I have no, like, I don't watch hockey on tv like this so i don't like all of this stuff is more just i'm reading his resume i have so much memories of michael k so i don't know that i'm a good judge in this matchup because you I know mean, I've, I, I've probably seen more of michael k than don cherry but if i'm trying to be objective and say who is a uh a better sports broadcaster or more of a legacy of sports broadcasting i think don cherry uh maybe, but he's that. in one sport michael k's got a whole bunch. He's got one what? He Michael K does like other stuff than baseball though. Like doesn't Cherry sort of just do hockey? Yes, Don Cherry does only do hockey. Um, I think that's what's going to take yeah. him from keep him from being like one of the big ones. Is like a lot of the people we're putting in have knowledge of like all the. Not saying he doesn't know what baseball is, but like he's just yeah. he's never called the game. That's so, fair. We did we did have John Madden uh, go uh, end up getting eliminated by Rachel Nichols, but John Madden would be the other one who we had as a really high seed. Who I feel Don Cherry is kind of the John Madden of hockey. Yes, I don't think Michael K is going to take him down, but I think Michael K has exposed a crack in his armor. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I would agree with that, and I think that is a little bit of foreshadowing for what happens next. But we advanced Don Cherry to the Elite Eight here where he faces Stephen A. Smith, and I think that is where Don Cherry's story comes to an end. Yes, and it's it's a great one, but I think it's kind of like what we just said. Or what I, I don't know how you feel about it, but what that's sort of what does it for me. Stephen A. is sports. You don't like Basketball, yes. yes, is where he started and where he talks the most, but his show is sports. 
He'll talk yes. about hockey too. So that's that's uh, where my I mean he doesn't really talk about hockey, but not I don't well think or that... intelligently, but he tries. Yes. Um, <laughs> he um I do remember one time on uh an episode of First Take, they um were in Philadelphia and Stephen A picked his like top five Philadelphia athletes of all time. And there was somebody, I forgot who it was who was there, who was some executive or something from a Philadelphia team or the Philadelphia area who when Stephen A did his list said he would put Bobby Clark in there, who was a Philadelphia Flyers player, who was maybe the best Philadelphia Flyers player ever, and Stephen A just goes, Well, I'm not really a hockey guy <laughs> so well, yeah, I mean, it's like the- props for being honest about that but also it's Stephen a covers so many sports and uh don cherry does just cover one and uh steven i think Stephen a is um i don't know if he would be number eight on a top 10 list of most important americans but i will say he's probably the, <laughs> the biggest voice for sports in america the way don cherry is in canada that is – I mean, I guess – when you say it like that, him being number eight on the Canadian list, I guess becomes more impressive because even if you were to try to rank the ten most important Americans, even to like modern – like right now, like we're not going to talk about George Washington or Lincoln or any of those people. Like just even now, he's not yeah. even in the top hundred. So like <laughs> – Yes, but I do think um, there is something to be said for the fact that um, – uh, Canada is a smaller pond than America. It, 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 it's so true, but it also, like, landmass-wise, it's not. But, like, right. the, the, the output of culture that we take in in America or, like, where it, they have less dense population, it's, it's a very weird comparison, America-Canada. Yes. So we've got Stephen A. going to the Final Four and winning the Loud region. Congrats to Stephen A., and Rachel Nichols so far. Yes. Now we go to the old white guy region. <laughs> <laughs> Where we have our first matchup, number one seed Al Michaels versus number eight seed Gary Cohen. Huh. Where do you lean on this one? Um, I mean, Gary Cohen is an institution in uh, sp- uh, baseball announcing. Al Michaels is similar to what we said for Al Michaels is an institution in sports broadcasting. Uh, I don't think Gary Cohen can live up to uh, Do You Believe in Miracles? No, that's pretty fucking iconic. Me and Gary Cohen share a birthday. That's like the closest I can <laughs> like really go for him. Yeah. So me and Gary Cohen, it's both of our birthdays on uh, the 29th of this month. Mm. And that'll be fun. He did also get to call some Olympics. Not, yeah. but, uh, Al Michaels definitely... he. He is a little lucky in the fact that he got to call the best Olympic hockey game that will ever be played. Yes. Um, he also is the voice of Monday Night Football. When there is – I mean I feel like he – it seems like he could call any sport. I'm not sure if that's true necessarily, but it feels that way. Mm-hmm. And I think Gary Cohen is just – they have almost similar resumes. He's got the Olympics. He's got a couple different sports in here as I'm looking at it. He's done a little bit of minor league baseball. He's called ice hockey and basketball for Providence College for a time uh but every single one of his things you could point to an al michaels thing that's the same but more impressive it's like oh you did all these hockey games he did the hockey game or like one of his big baseball calls it listed here is bartolo's first major league home run and i'm sure you could that's fun but it's not you know world changing 
Yes. Um, I think Gary Cohen's done more. It's a pigeonhole to say he's just a baseball guy and just the Mets guy. Um, but I don't think – I mean, he was he never was uh, calling basketball games like Al Michaels was. Yeah, no, that's always fun. References in popular culture, he has a ton. He's been on Family Guy episodes. He was featured in the Madden games with John Madden multiple times, 2003 to 2009. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a – He's got a pretty good one. He was on Spin so, City with Michael J. Fox. Yep. <laughs> good. It's good stuff. So, yeah, Al Michaels moves on to the Sweet 16. Up next, number five seed Bob Lee versus number four seed Bob Euchre. Battle of the Bobs. Bob Battle. Um, this is another one. Oh, wait, no, that can't be right. Are we talking about the Bob Lee that very recently died? <laughs> I don't. Bob Lee, L-E-Y. Did he? Nope. There no, was a Bob Lee so. that was a baseball player for a long time. Not a long okay. time. Actually, no, just four years for the Angels in the 60s, but he died like last week. <laughs> shout out to that yeah. guy. And never, shout never out, mind. Shout out Bob Lee, former California Angels legend. But we're talking about Bob Lee, Sports Center legend. Yes. No. I messed this up last one because he's somebody where, like, I see his picture. I'm like, yes, I do know who that is, but I didn't know his name. And that's not how I would spell it at first. So, like, yes. I keep getting tripped up. He right, was so one, he's of the, the one of the one of the first sports center anchors, and also the host of Outside the Lines, which is one of the first ever sports uh, investigative journalism shows. And Bob Euchre, who was named Mister Baseball, who I mean, this is this is a it's a second round matchup, which is pretty crazy. These are two absolute titans, and uh, mm-hmm. Bob Euchre was in Major League as well, which does have an impact in my voting. Yeah, that's a good one. There, the, I, humor is literally a section of his Wikipedia. He's like yeah. that fire. Cause, uh, he made over 100 guest appearances on the Johnny Carson Tonight Show. Yes. That's crazy. That's more than like real comedian. Like Joan Rivers probably doesn't even have 100. Yeah. And she guest hosted the thing. That's nuts. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Euchre, um, I think, is going to take this for cultural impact in addition to – it was just one sport he was in. Um, and one team, but that's the other thing, how culturally impactful he was, that he was calling Milwaukee Brewers games, not exactly a big market team, and he has been in movies, TV shows, he was in Mr. Belvedere, uh, host, uh, being on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, it's, and he's hilarious, too. It's, yeah, um, I, one of my favorite quotes of his was, he always loved saying that the home run he hit off Sandy Koufax was going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Yes. <laughs> um, you're, uh, you're our resident trivia expert here on uh, who's on first. You want to do a quick one? Okay, sure. Uh, who are the four teams that Bob Euchre played for as an active Major League Baseball player? He played for four separate teams? Four separate teams between 1962 and 1967. Um, the Braves, who I believe were the Milwaukee Braves. I don't know if At he the, was there when yes. he moved to Atlanta. No, he, no, he was Milwaukee in 1962 and 63. Okay, Milwaukee Braves, Cleveland Indians? No. No. Um, Chicago White Sox? Mm-mm. You're in the right part of the country, though. Yeah. Um, Chicago Cubs? No, Division I feel like Division rivals. He, I remember him being a Milwaukee Braves player. I didn't know he played for three other teams. Um, he did. He, he, after the Braves, he went to play for a season and a half in St. Louis. Okay. Then goes to the Phillies. And then finishes his career in 67 on the Atlanta Braves. 
Oh, okay. So I get I knew okay, two You got two out of the they four. They were the same team. Yeah. <laughs> I said Milwaukee and Atlanta. So Yeah, you got two out of the four, but uh that's a fun one. That's a yeah. that's cool. Good for him. Yeah, and he and uh, he won the World Series in 64 with St. Louis. Yes, and he would uh make fun of um himself as a player and how bad he was. Um I remember he told a story once while commentating he uh caught for Warren Spahn who was a pitcher for the Braves, one of the best mm. pitchers ever. And uh, I think he had let a couple of balls get by, and there were a couple of passed balls. And apparently in the dugout after Warren Spahn said to him, uh, hey, why don't you try using the glove next inning? <laughs> so, he, you know, he's a catcher. He probably also caught for Bob Gibson then, which is pretty cool. If he played if for he the Cardinals like- in 64, yeah, he probably did. Unless unless they had dedicated catchers back then. I don't know if you got to be that kind of diva yet. Yeah, I don't know. That was That's always been interesting in this generation where all of a sudden uh, you're like – I mean I played catcher in Little League Baseball, but it was like they were, I never had a rivalry with a pitcher and I never remember hearing about that from other teams. <laughs> but all of a sudden Randy Johnson comes to the Yankees and he like – Jorge Posada was not catching on days where Randy Johnson pitched. Yeah, they just they weren't compatible for whatever reason. It's yeah. That those are those always were interesting. Something about Bob Lee, real quickly. To actually, two things. I uh, he's not currently employed by ESPN or anybody else. They ended that show at the end of 2019. Yes, uh, so Jeremy Shap. Jeremy Shap is the new like resident investigative journalist on ESPN. And I think that we, Bob Lee, might get a few more points if either of us gave two shits about international soccer because he's the guy they're always sending on the American side to do World Cups. European yeah. Championships, the UEFA, he's, he's there. He's, since 1990, he's been doing the international soccer stuff for America. We just See, aren't paying attention. Yeah, that actually hurts his case for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I guess that's the nail in the coffin. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> Bob Lee, uh, tremendous sports center anchor, investigative sports journalism, a whole genre of sports casting that he helped pioneer. But you shouldn't have started calling soccer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 30 years ago, you, you started to make your bed. Now you got to lie in it, Bob. So Bob oh, Uecker advances to face Al Michaels in the next round. Um, cool, but up cool. next, we have number three seed versus number 11 seed, Marv Albert versus Ken Hawk Harrelson. Hmm. Marv Albert. This is a... He's the two seed, you said? Or is he What's the that? three? He's what three seed, seed is Marv? Yeah, Marv is the three seed. He's somebody that around here... I've heard his name so many times, and he's the Knicks guy. So I, like... You know, I hate to admit to just tuning out, but, like, <laughs> the Knicks yeah. stuff... Definitely, I don't, I don't watch a lot of Knicks basketball. I like basketball, but I'm a big Nets fan, so I just don't watch the Knicks that often. So yeah. what's, what are some of his things? Wimbledon is another big thing he's gotten to do. He's done some Stanley Cups. Yes, he's he's done a lot of Stanley Cup finals. He's done NBA finals. He's uh, done play-by-play on eight Super Bowls. So he is uh, the voice of the Knicks uh, regularly, and uh, but he's also the guy that they go to for championship games in uh, other uh, sports and just like big, like, I don't know if he's done the Olympics necessarily, but he's a go-to guy for that. Um, also, in 1997, there was a sexual abuse scandal. With I was just going to – wait, who, who is – wait, just so I have this – who's the other person in this? Ken Hawk Harrelson, the White Sox uh, announcer. Ken Hawk Harrelson. Yeah, this is, is not great. 
Uh, in his Wikipedia, it even says, a 42-year-old woman named Vanessa accused Albert of throwing her onto a bed, biting her, then forcing her to perform oral sex on him after an argument in his Pentagon City hotel room. DNA testing linked him to genetic material taken from bite marks and semen in her underwear. That's not good. He's, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. rough. He's he really pleaded- lucky that happened in 1997 when no one gave a fuck because he'd yes. still be in jail right now. Yeah, yeah. he... No, uh, they- he- uh, pled guilty to misdemeanor assault and battery charges. The sodomy charges were dropped. He served his 12-month suspended sentence, was fired from NBC, uh, who he'd been there for over 20 years. And then a few years later, he was brought back. And everyone Yeah, but I don't think the sodomy charge got dropped because I think it was just an outdated law that you can't give blowjobs or buttfuck. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a ridiculous law. I think that uh, he, he's not a... That's rough. Yeah. yeah, it uh, it hurts. It doesn't hurt his case as much as Bob Lee announcing soccer games, but it does hurt. It, it gets worse. He at one point described the recorded conversation of hers with the police as an Academy Award winning worthy performance of nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that sucks. <laughs> that sucks for him. Let's talk about Ken Hawk. He seems cool. <laughs> yeah, Ken Hawk, who does not have any sexual uh, assault cases in his history. No. He uh, he is the first player to be credited with wearing a batting glove in an active game. Oh, I did not know that. That is a fun one. I li- that yeah. is a much more fun fun fact. <laughs> F and A. Yeah, that's it. Marv Albert's DNA has been connected to sexual assault. Ken Hall Carlson's DNA was connected to the first batting glove. Yeah. I mean, there's argument. People say that batting gloves may have been used as early as 1901, but he's the first person to get credit. With it, but Roger Maris also used to play with golf gloves on. Yeah, you know, just the same way that there's argument about whether or not Marv Albert did it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's, we hadn't yeah. we hadn't really crossed the line yet during this bracket. <laughs> yeah, there's there uh, you know there's uh, there's debate about Hawk Harrelson and Marv Albert and what they did or didn't do equally. Yeah, he's got an enormous section on catchphrases and nicknames. A man long known for creating nicknames, including his own nickname, Hawk. <laughs> yes, he's uh, he's the White Sox. You can put it on the board, announcer. Uh, I think overall, Marv Albert in sports casting has done more at a higher level than Ken Hawk Harrelson. But I want everybody to know that Who's On First is a very woke podcast, and that we don't tolerate sexual assault. So I want to advance Ken Hawk Harrelson. Yes, I, I I agree too because some of these nicknames that he gave people. Do you remember a player named Lance Johnson? He played from '87 to 2000. He was a Yankee. I briefly. remember him with the Chicago Cubs towards the end of his career. '97 to '99, yeah. He called him Lance One Dog Johnson, and he just—it's because he had the uh, number one on his uniform. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. even anything like having dogs. It's uh, if you watch SportsCenter and you ever hear a White Sox game in any way, they will stop talking themselves and play the clip of their home announcer doing the announcements. Hawk Harrelson is a Chicago legend, a White Sox legend, and a baseball legend, and I do think that more people should know him, and I am totally okay moving him on as another kind of Cinderella story in our sportscaster bracket. Yeah, absolutely. Marv, go <laughs> get your dick sucked unconsensually. You fucking yes. dickhead. You suck. <laughs> Fuck it. Yes. So there, we, so there we go. Ken Hawk gets to move on. Yes. That's awesome. And up next in the old white guy region, we have Gary Thorne, a seven seed, versus Vin Scully, a two seed. 
oh, this is going to be a painful loss for someone who I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, I, it's t- Vin Scully is, uh, we know he's a legend, but he, uh, a lot, Gary Thorne, I think, has been more in our lifetime than Vin Scully has. Yes. Vin Scully, though, it's so hard. He's 92 years old, and he was active from 49 to 2016. Like, what a career. Yeah. He has also been on so many different, like, I mean, he's got the Dodgers, but he was on so many different channels. He was on all these different things. He grew up kind of tough. His yeah, biological I think if, father I think, died when he was four. Yeah, I think if you hear baseball announcers, Vince Scully is one of the very first people you think of. Oh, the, how can you hear this if you don't like baseball and not think this is awesome? Scully discovered his love of baseball at age eight when he saw the results of the second game of the 1936 World Series at a laundromat and felt bad for the defeated New York Giants. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's incredible. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Oh, man. He lived near the polo grounds. And he was, was a member the, of the polo. Was that the Detroit Tigers who won that World Series? The 1936 World Series was won by the New York Yankees. Oh, damn. I know the Tigers won to- one in the mid-30s, and I thought I was going to redeem myself for not knowing the Bob Euchre trivia question earlier. Yes. This was a very young Joe DiMaggio still getting to play with Lou Gehrig in 1936. Wow. It was their first World Series without Babe Ruth and their first with DiMaggio. Hmm. 1936. And Vin Scully felt bad for the defeated Giants. And uh, Gary Thorne, um, shout out, as always, every time we bring him up, for being very upset with Glaber Torres hitting home runs <laughs> against the Baltimore Orioles. Seriously, if you listen to this podcast and you haven't seen the compilation on YouTube of Glaber's all of his home runs last year against the Orioles, it's... It's an amazing picture of a man getting more and more frustrated until he can't take it anymore. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes. It. <laughs> and um, Gary Thorne also uh, is a hockey announcer. He's called the Frozen Four Hockey Tournament. Um, he's done stuff for World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, unfortunately, I want to double-check this because uh, I don't know for sure. I believe he's, he's done a couple Stanley Cups. Um, no, okay, I thought, uh, he might have, uh, he was announced for the, uh, New Jersey Devils, never mind, I thought he was announcing with the New York Rangers, which would have been an automatic elimination for me. Hmm, yeah, um, he also, uh, has, Gary Thorne has beef with Kurt Schilling, which I appreciate. Yes. He mm. was the one who brought up on a broadcast that, uh, the Red Sox backup catcher cl- claimed that, the the uh, bloody sock was painted. Yeah, Doug Mirabelli, and uh, he had to backtrack it later. That he's like, no, well, I do believe there was blood. Fuck. At the end of the day, fuck you, Kurt Schilling. Did you see that thing? I uh, David Wells was has been doing AMAs during quarantine. Did I send yes. you that? Yes. Yeah, David and- Wells asked out or somebody asked David Wells, who's the player in your era who all the other players didn't like? And he was like, easy, Kurt Schilling. <laughs> Schilling was like, why don't you tag me, you little bitch? Which like, Kurt Schilling is barking up the wrong tree. He's got some gimp ankle. David Wells is a beast. Yeah. I do not want to fuck with David I mean, Wells. This is a very tough one. He's called hockey. He's called uh, Stanley Cups. He's got beef with Kurt Schilling. He's going against a legendary Vin Scully. I'm okay this with the hard one. one. I'll leave this it up to really you. hard. This is a very, very hard one. Uh, Gary, I love you, but Vin, 
you, I can't argue with a body of work like so we that. Got Vin Scully for, moving on. He worked and, for sixty-seven years. That's I don't yes. think I'm going to live that long. <laughs> and brief, briefly, as a quick aside, because um, we mentioned Gary don't work for WWE. I know we said we weren't going to do wrestling announcers, but I do want to give a shout out to. Um, Art Donovan, who is a former offensive lineman, I believe, uh, he was a former football player for the Baltimore Colts, legendary football player, who WWE brought in for the 1994 King of the Ring, I believe it was, maybe 95. If you have not ever heard this, you can go on YouTube and see a compilation. It is the funniest, uh, most so bad it's good announcing you will ever hear. <laughs> He very clearly is trying to do the right thing. His heart's in the right place. As an announcer in pro wrestling, you're supposed to hype up all the pro wrestlers. Um, but he is so bad where he's literally – every time a guy comes out, he goes, look at the size of that guy. How much does he weigh? <laughs> Next guy just comes like, out. He turns to the somebody other Somebody just give him a piece of paper with all the weights goes, and then he has nothing to say. <laughs> He goes, how much does that guy weigh? How much does that guy weigh? At one point he goes, this guy's huge. Who's the guy walking in front of him? The announcer goes, that's Shawn Michaels, one of our uh, best guys in the history of this bit. He's like, is he one of the wrestlers? (laughs) (laughs) Is this like somebody's dad got like, he's just talking over the (laughs) wrestling broadcast? Yes. It's like watching a sport with somebody who doesn't know anything about it and they keep asking and saying dumb things. They're like, he cheated to win the match. And he looks at the other guys who are announcing with him, you guys used to be wrestlers. Did you ever do stuff like that? I don't know why you'd want to do that. (laughs) So now we're, now we're at the elite eight, uh, of the old, in the old white guy region. Or no, it's sweet 16. Never mind. Um, of the old white guy region. First up, we have Al Michaels versus Bob Euchre. Al Michaels versus Bob Euchre. Two, I mean, how, th- this is a tough one. Because Euchre is a really, he's kind of everything we're talking about, but he's not active anymore. Like, Al Michaels has the crazy resume, and he's still doing it. I think uh, this comes down to one sport versus all sports for me. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Because even, like... Al Michaels does horse racing, he's done boxing, he's been on a bunch of different networks, and, and the fact that he's still doing it is, is unbelievable. The man has been working for a long time. It's his, his first year active was 1964. Yeah. He's been active longer so, than most people have been alive, so. Right, so we got Al Michaels moving on, now we got Ken Hawk Harrelson and Vin Scully. Ken Hawk Harrelson and Vin Scully. This is another one where it's like, I would love for hawk to have a a big one but it feels like vince scully's hard to argue with here he's like one of the first people that people would think and I they're think, both uh, baseball yeah hawk is kind of walking in the footsteps of a vince scully yeah yeah i agree with that completely i i think that it's it's just too I've, they're both baseball guys and one just has a way longer resume doing way very similar shit yeah so our now it's the Elite Eight and our finals for the old white guy region, Al Michaels versus Vince Scully. Al Michaels versus Vince Scully. I think I it's think it sim- just comes down to what we what we've been saying. The the multi sport angle. Is he our first one seed? To, no, he's the second one. Stephen A. Also. Yeah, Stephen A. Our second one seed who advances. Well, we both agree. Yeah, it's uh. At a certain point, it's going to come down to if someone does it in more sports at a high, at a high level, that's going to have to be what the tiebreaker is. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely what it is. Sorry. All right, now we yeah. are in our, our final region, the nerd region. All right. So, um, the first, our first one. Yeah, it's a one seed versus a nine seed. Bob Costas, uh, versus an eight seed, rather. Bob Costas versus Scott Van Pelt. Huh. Bob Costas is an eight seed? No, uh, Bob Costas is a one seed. Scott Van oh. Pelt is the eight I, seed. I was going to say, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, wow, Bob Costas really took a big hit in our in the rankings yeah. last I checked. Um, yeah, he, he's another guy with a very, very long list. You could talk about him from a bunch of different angles. I mean, we could also go through movies he's been in just like everywhere. He's also in basketball. He was, yes. uh, yeah, Pootie Tang. <laughs> I think Pootie Tangs will put some over the top for me. <laughs> yeah, the, the Louis C.K. classic Pootie Tang. Um, Scott Van Pelt, uh, one of the first guys to have a sports center that is, he's the character hosting sports center. You watch it because you want to see Scott Van Pelt. Um, he's great. Uh, I think I'd go Bob Costas here. Uh, yeah, it, it, he doesn't have the resume to take him out. I mean, he's got a couple cool things about him. Not yeah. actually, you know what? I take that back. He's got one of the he, out of every single person that we've looked for. He's got the worst page to go through. He, he's just a guy who does his job well. Yeah, he was in. He was in a. Oh yeah, no, he did the golf video games and he did the Aqua Teen Hunger Force video game, which I definitely mentioned last week. But that's his because it's his only fun thing. All right, he's out. Yeah, he <laughs> he is the George Saint Pierre of the bracket, a uh, guy who wins matches not in very exciting ways, but he's going to keep moving on. Mm. Cool. So, up next, Bill Simmons versus Joe Buck. Five seed ha- versus a four seed. Yeah, the man who literally said today on Twitter, why does anyone think Dennis Rodman is interesting, and why did anyone ever think Dennis Rodman is interesting? Bill Simmons is an asshole who writes articles about playing fucking slot machines in Vegas and expects anyone to give a shit. Meanwhile, Dennis Rodman is more interesting than he'll ever be. I fucking hate Bill Simmons so much. <laughs> I do not get the Dennis Rodman thing he said. That makes no sense whatsoever. I love Bill Simmons. Book of basketball. He's done so much in sports journalism. But The man has his are- own GPA on his Wikipedia page. You know he added that from school. <laughs> and it's not even that good. It's 3.04. That's not even like a good braggable GPA. That's fucking ridiculous. What is his problem? <laughs> So, this started off as us saying we would maybe um, do our own brackets, but as this has gone on, we're doing this as a duo, and it is a team effort. And Who um, is the other person? I, I, of, I, I saw red after you said Bill Simmons. Who is he facing? I know. <laughs> yes. And, I, um, and I've also – I overruled you a bit on the Don Cherry thing, um, and I, I don't think it would be fair for me to do that again, and I don't want to advance Bill Simmons. Uh, especially Joe Buck is a worthy opponent. But I can. Oh no! I, I think Joe Buck is. This is the most wiener matchup of all time. These these are the two dudes who are the biggest wieners in sports broadcasting. But Joe Buck, I will give credit for knowing who he is in the context of sports. He plays into his persona now. Like he understands that people think he's kind of a a little dork, and that Jeter yes. clip is like the most famous thing about him. So I respect him in that way that he knows exactly who he is and plays into it. Yes, I cannot in good faith advance Bill Simmons in this bracket knowing how visceral your hatred for him is. <laughs> oh, and it's Joe just, Buck 
And Joe Buck, I think, gets more shit than he deserves, and I really do like Joe Buck. Joe Buck is somebody, yeah, that it, I, it's hard to come up with too much really nice to say either. He's another one of those people that's like done his job, and I, he just he does he just he doesn't me. have he doesn't have his own GPA on his Wikipedia page. Yeah, no stuff like that. Like, yeah, come on. Like, and if anybody would, it would have been him, and he didn't do it. So, <laughs> yes. all right, I'm I'm glad that we could just move on to the fun yes. people and Joe Buck. So <laughs> Joe Buck advances up next. The three seed Mike Greenberg versus the eleven seed Brian Kenny. Uh, only one of these guys is being courted by ESPN for a twenty million dollar deal right now to do radio. Yeah, I love Brian Kenny, but uh, Mike Greenberg is—he's uh, a guy who's just always been around that doesn't get thought about as one of the best ever, but he is one of the best ever. Yeah, and he's one of the uh, very, very, very rare people who does TV and radio well. Like it's usually yes. one or the other. Yes. Um, despite the fact that he's Jewish, I want to advance him. <laughs> Some, yeah, the, the self-loathing <laughs> Jewish advance. That's, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, and, you know, we were going to say all this nice stuff about him and everything he's done. Somebody somebody had to say it. It just had to uh, be made. It just, had to, it just had to come out there. I mean, his name is Greenberg. I feel like anyone, everyone knew. That's true, <laughs> yes. So up next, uh, seven seed Doc Emmerich versus two seed Dan Patrick. Wait, hold on. We could wait. Okay, wait. No, Mike Greenberg's coming back. I have something very fun to bring up. When oh, I... we have to go back back to Mike. No, Greenberg no, no. He, no, second. he's cu- he's he moved on to the next round, so we can yes. talk about him on okay. the come around. Um, oh, Dan okay. Patrick. Right. We'll get back to him, but uh, yes, Dan Patrick versus Doc Emmerich. Dan Patrick versus Doc Emmerich. I know much more of Dan Patrick's work. Yes, Doc Emmerich is um, – it's kind of a bit of a one-sport thing. He is hockey, but he is um, – he, <laughs> There you go. That's why I was like having trouble. Yeah. <laughs> he's the American voice for hockey. If you watch hockey – if you've ever seen hockey on NBC, um, the Winter Classic, Stanley – like he is the guy that they go to for that. Number one American voice in hockey is a tallest little person award. That is fair. <laughs> So yes. I think Don Cherry gets to advance on the hockey thing. And then Dan Patrick is also someone who I'm not like ultra familiar with every inch of their career, but he's somebody that's just been around for a long time. Yeah. He's uh, an absolute, I think he's an absolute legend. He uh, was one of the first sports center anchors to actually inject some personality into being an anchor. Yeah, he got to do the night ones. He got to do like the primetime end of the day ones, right? Like he was always yeah. on kind of later. He hosts Sports Jeopardy now, and he's got had a full career as an opinion guy and has his own radio show. He's another guy did radio and TV well. Yeah, that does impress me. It really is. And another person who was in basketball. I feel like you yeah. almost have to be in basketball to make it too far in this tournament. Yeah. <laughs> It um if, if this is the nerd region and uh, being in basketball helps the cause, I believe. Oh, absolutely! Oh, I, of course. I mean, I think I think this one is a. Uh, I think uh, Mike Emmerich is a nice guy, maybe, but yes. can't take down Patrick here. Right. So up next we have Bob Costas and Joe Buck, which is maybe the most boring matchup we have. Yeah, guys, come on. Somebody say something weird on TV or otherwise. Yeah, Bob Cos, I feel like this is just coming down to one of these guys is really, really 
great at their job, and people don't think he's a little wiener, and one of them, a lot yeah. of people do. So I lean Bob Costas here because, except for that time he had pink eye during the Olympics, he's like never done anything funny. But neither yeah. is well, Joe Buck. Well, there's basically right. Yeah, I get. It. <laughs> yes, and he also interviewed Vince McMahon once and pissed him off so much. Vince McMahon slapped his papers into his face. I that's a clip I'm gonna look up later. <laughs> that sounds so, very fun. But we agree. Bob Costas moves on. Up next, Mike Greenberg versus Dan Patrick. You said you have something to add about Mike Greenberg. Uh, yes, there is an entire subsection of his Wikipedia page called "Racist Slur on Martin Luther King Day." Oh my God! <laughs> Your face just lit up. <laughs> Greenberg drew considerable outrage. As he says accidentally, but still blurted out a slur and possibly corrected himself by saying Martin Luther, a shortened version of Raccoon King Jr. holiday, while referring to Martin Luther King Day live on air on January 28, 2010. He added. He said said his. Instead of King, he said Coon? He added it in. He said King after it. He said Martin Luther, that King Jr. holiday. Martin Luther Coon King Jr. holiday. Yeah, he had a full Freudian slip. <laughs> Whoa. He says I it mean, was an accident. This is a, clearly a Naggers situation. Remember that lady from the Lakers broadcast who straight oh, up said yes. the N-word after Kobe died? She yes. just got away with it. <laughs> okay. I mean, ooh. So, well, that about evens it out for me. He was, like, downgraded for being Jewish, but now he's back for me. <laughs> Dan Patrick is, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, it sucks to have that be the story I tell, and then we're like, you're out of here, Dan Patrick. <laughs> but, like, Mike Greenberg yeah. is, is fun and, and is interesting in a, in a ton of different mediums, just a little more than Dan Patrick. I feel like this one, I know we said it's not like this, but if I had to go get a beer with one of these guys, I think I'd pick Greenberg. Not that I don't like Dan Patrick, it's just he really? seems like a yeah, cool dude. Yeah, this is tough for me. I feel like they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm saying. It just feels like, you know, just from what I've heard, I feel like I'd rather just go, like, get a beer with Greenberg. Yeah, I do feel like they've both done a lot. It's um, Patrick on SportsCenter, the Dan Patrick Show, Greenberg on SportsCenter, Mike and Mike in the Morning, and now Get Up. I just feel like the quality of the content they've d- put out, I don't think Dan Patrick's radio show is at where Greenberg's show now or Mike and Mike was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, my, my, Mike and Mike was huge. Yeah, so it's close, but I go Mike Greenberg here also. He also lost a bet once and had to wear a Patriots jersey to a Jets game and then milk a cow on air. Yes, I used to watch Mike and Mike. They would do crazy bets for losing March Madness. Yeah, did I, I didn't know this. Did you know he learned how to milk the cow from uh, ESPN baseball analyst Buster Olney, who grew up on a dairy farm and knows cows pretty not, well? I did not know that, but I think that factoid if i knew that before making the bracket would have gotten buster olney in mm, yeah shout out to buster olney then <laughs> dairy farmer so, so now our finals in the nerd region bob costas versus mike greenberg now i feel like mike greenberg is a more entertaining bob costas huh i've never heard it phrased like that but i don't know that i can disagree i this is this is hard. This really is a, a hard one because Bob Costas, I mean, he's, he's hosted 11 Olympic Games. He's won multiple Emmys. They do 
similar things very differently. Yes. I mean, well, yeah, Bob Costas, I believe, has probably won more Emmys than Mike Greenberg, but this isn't the people who vote on the Emmys determining this. It's me and you, and we know more than they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Costas has an enormously longer history. Like, if you're going to, like, look up what he's done, like, it's, he's just done so much. Greenberg doesn't have an entire subsection about golf or NASCAR or boxing or thoroughbred racing. He's got the HBO thing. He's He's been in the game for so long. I feel like I have a hard time voting against Costas here. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Greenberg can do everything Costas can, and he's also but he, he's able but he to had, do more. But, but he, like, has you, all, all he's done but, has been on ESPN from 96 to right now, just sort of could talking. You, could you imagine Bob Costas hosting a radio show talking about sports opinion-wise and being entertaining? Not necessarily right now, but I think it's because he can't do that in most of the jobs he's had. Like, he has to be, like, objective and interview people. Like, I feel like a a 30-year-old Bob Costas behind the mic on a radio might have been really funny and interesting. It's just he's a 68-year-old man whose job is to be serious now. So, like... Yeah, maybe. All right, I would want to lean Greenberg, but uh, it's, it's, again... It's again a tough call either way, and I'm willing to comp- I'm willing to go with Costas. There's a reason he's a number one seed, um, and uh, yeah, he also I would never like he n- never had a partner. I know that Greenberg is the one that gets remembered, and everyone like Mike Golick. It doesn't, you know, but Bob Costas did it solo, which I think might push. Yeah, it for he me. has done he has done a lot of stuff solo. Um, I feel like if Greenberg had pink eye, he would call out. <laughs> yes, exactly. He wouldn't stay at the Olympics. So for fighting through the injury, I think that's yeah. what puts it over for me. Bob Costas advances. I mean, you could A to C four. that Bob Costas eats butt. He got pink eye. <laughs> Maybe he's really yeah. cool. <sighs> that Who is knows? true. So is that we got our final four. We have our final four. It's gonna be on one side, it's Rachel Nichols versus Stephen A. Smith. And on the other side, Al Michaels versus Bob Costas. Wow, those are two really fun matchups that are going to lead to a weird final. That's going to be a good episode. Yeah. So we're going to do, yeah, we're going to do, um, I think next week we're going to do a regular episode and talk about NFL draft, stuff that's been going on in sports. And then next week we're going to do our final four and just talk about sports casting overall as a whole and kind of our takeaways from doing the bracket. Yeah, we're going to reach out to all four of them, see if they'll be guests, you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get let's get Al Michaels, Bob Costas, Rachel Nichols, and Stephen A. Smith on here. And out of all to... four of them, if you sent them, like, a, a tweet, who do you think of those four would be most likely to even think it's funny that they're in a bracket like this? I think it's Stephen. <laughs> Rachel Nichols seems the Maybe, most yeah. down. Yeah, that, I, that's also a fair answer. I, don't, I feel like the other two are too old to even understand what we're doing. <laughs> well, I'd also, I feel like there's a little bit of Al Michaels, Bob Costin, Stephen A. Smith all would be like, well, yeah, I should be one of the best broadcasters ever. Rachel Nichols, I think, would be a little surprised and honored. Ah, yes. So we'll reach out to her for being a guest. Uh, we'll reach out to, we can, if we reach out to all four of them, we can listen to all of them get talked over by Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, that, I mean, hey, isn't that what this is all about? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right, so, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, 
We'll see you next week. Send us tweets at who's on first pod one. Send us a tweet and uh, let us know what you think about some of the broadcasts we've mentioned so far. Uh, who you, what you think we got wrong? If you have any questions, we'll answer them on air. Also, yeah, absolutely. Safe, safe, all right. and all that. See you guys. All right, thank you.